You are listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. All right. Well, as we approach the communion table today, I have some uh, I have some thoughts I want to share with you. Um, I felt particularly led to do something different today, um, and it's a little little bit different. Um, but I wanted to share this with you guys. Um, every night, I, I uh, every night when my head hits the pillow, I close my eyes and uh, silently recite the words to "Don't stop believing." Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just a small town girl. No, um, no I, uh, I close my eyes, uh, I put my head on the pillow, and I begin to recite Psalm 23. Um, and uh, this is something I got into the habit of after my ep- epilepsy diagnosis back in April. Um, and I still do it to this day. Um, during the first few months of my diagnosis, my thoughts would just go crazy, you know, with all the what ifs and the uncertainties, and you know, they'd just begin to ricochet and echo all over my mind. Anybody know what that's like? Okay. Well, um, yeah. So I, I, they, it, it's still something that that tends to happen to me. Um, but when I begin to submit to the Word of God, um, I'm able to rest, and I'm able to find peace enough where I can go to sleep. And um, I st- still do it to this day, but for, during the first few months, it was particularly bad um, to the a point where I was experiencing um, more panic than sleep. And... Um, don't get me wrong, I was sleeping a lot, <laughs> but there was even more panic. And uh, the only thing that would calm my mind and give me, set me up for rest was to focus on scripture. And, and every night I would lay my head down on the pillow and I would recite Psalm 23 in my head. And uh, it would help me just release my stress and help me resubmit my life to the Lord in that moment, and what come what may, Lord, my life is yours. And um, it was, it, it just became a practice that I've continued to this day. Um, and, but recently, a question jumped out to me um, from that well-known passage. Um, it was like all of a sudden, like something I had never thought of, a question I had never thought to ask before, popped out. And so that's where I want to go today is I want to, I want to, I want to just talk about that question. But first I want to read Psalm 23. I'm going to read it from the NIV. Feel free. Oh, I'm not NIV, ESV. Sorry. Um, feel free to say it along if you want to out loud. Um, but let's just take a pause right here and just, I just want to pray before we do. Jesus, we just invite you into this moment. Lord, I submit myself to you. I pray that just again, Lord, I pray this every Sunday, but Lord, just again, I pray that nothing would come out of my mouth that's not of you, Lord. I pray that, uh, that we would encounter 
your presence this morning in a powerful way. Um, and as we move our eyes towards communion, Lord, I pray that you would deepen the impact that Jesus uh, going to the cross and being resurrected to new life and breathing your spirit upon us has on us in this very moment. In Jesus' name I pray and everybody said. All right, Psalm 23, ESV. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So as we were reading that, did anything jump out to your, your mind like a question? Anybody? Nobody's making eye contact with me, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just say, say nobody wants to share a question. But for me, I mean, this, this literally made me sit up in my bed. Um, and when I was reciting it, and this question um, came to me, and it's this from verse 5 where it says, You anoint my head with oil. Now, I've read this scripture thousands of times from, you know, saying it to myself um, to preaching on it to uh, teaching people about it. Like, I've read the scripture a thousand times, um, and yet one particular evening, this question just arrested my thoughts. Why oil? Why oil? What is so special about oil? Anybody ever, like, I never thought of that before, really. It was just like a part of church culture, right? Any, anybody ever or never wonder about that before? <laughs> like, like me? I, that was a hard question to phrase. But um, I have pastor friends who carry around little vials of anointing oil on their keychains so that wherever they encounter people who need prayer, they can anoint them with oil. At my mom's church when I was growing up, whenever uh, the pastor of that church, who was my godfather, uh, would call the students up to be prayed for sometimes um, at the beginning of the school year, sometimes just for whatever reason, like he knew we were heathens, so um, we just needed prayer. But um, sometimes he would call us up to be prayed for, and they would always, always anoint our foreheads with oil. And my best friend's dad was the one who always placed the oil on our foreheads. And I made the mistake of telling him one time that every time he did that, I would get a zit the next day. 
because I have really sensitive skin, like super sensitive skin. And I, I told him, I was like, dude, every time you do that, man, like I get a giant zit, zit the next day. And so from that day forward, I, I, he, he would grin from ear to ear and always give me a double dose of anointing oil. That's no joke, like for real. Uh, but as this question of why oil ruminated in my mind, I, I began to research it, which is just a fancy way of saying I, I Googled it. Um, uh, sounds more profound when you say research. Uh, and here's what I found. It goes all the way back to the garden. Now, you wouldn't think of the anointing oil going back to the garden, but, but that's, that's where it goes back to. This is the account of the first anointing, and, and this may be a little confusing at first, but I'm going to do my best to tie this all together. And so Genesis 2, uh, 4 through 9 in the NIV, this is, this is the account of the first anointing. Uh, and verse 4 says this, This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now a shrub had not yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung up, and for the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to, to work the ground, but streams, streams came up, from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. So water is coming on to the earth. And uh, um, then the Lord got, oh, sorry. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. So that is the, 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 the account of the first anointing. So the earth has, has been created, but there, there were no plants. It was just dust. And God spoke water into being, and the water filled the earth. And uh, he gathered some dust, and he breathed into it, and it became a human. And, uh, and all of a sudden, things begin to grow on the earth, right? All these these plants and trees. And not only are they pleasing to the eye, but they're good for food, right? And so um, this is the account of the first anointing. And the anointing oil is representative of this moment. If you look up the ingredients um, that are in anointing oil, um, God, I can't remember the exact passage, but God gives Moses the recipe for anointing oil. And uh, the ingredients include water, representing the water of life. And then you add all kinds of fragrant plants and spices, which are representative of God's spirit, right? Living water combined with God's spirit to make this rich oil for marking a person or a place that is a bridge 
We're going to come back to that word. Hold on to it. Marking a person or a place as a bridge between heaven and earth. So there are all kinds of examples of anointing with oil in the Bible. And as I mentioned before, Psalm 23, you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. And so through this lens, we see uh, knowing the ritual of anointing uh, with oil means we, we gather, you mark me as a bridge between heaven and earth because your spirit is upon me and you have created me. Another example that I love is the story of Jacob in exile. Now, I love, love the story of Jacob. Um, Jacob was not always a good dude. Let's just say that. Um, So I can relate to that. (laughs) Um, Jacob uh, was his parents' second-born child. And which meant that all the inheritance would go to his older brother, Esau. And long story short, uh, Jacob deceived his father into giving him all the inheritance that rightfully belonged to Esau. Which sounded good to Jacob in theory. But what, did he, what he didn't count on was... Uh, Jacob having to spend a significant portion of his life on the run from his older brother. He didn't count on that, right? He didn't think about that. And so this is where we find Jacob in Genesis 28 on the run from his brother in exile. He can't go home and he's watching all over the place for someone who wants to do him harm because he cheated them, right? And so Genesis 28, verse 10, NIV says this, Jacob left Beersheba and set out to Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord. And he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. All people on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. And I will never leave you until I have done what I have promised you. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Early the next morning, 
Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called this, that place Bethel through the city used to be called Luz. So Jacob, I, I, I love this story. I, I love this story because one, Jacob has the realization that the Lord is in this place and I was not aware of it. Has anybody ever had that encounter? Like you were just like going about your daily life and the Lord just does something and you're like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot the Lord is right here in this place. Like I wasn't aware of it. Oh man, I, I love that. I love that Jacob recognizes that he had encountered heaven on earth in this place where he was in exile. This place where he had laid his head on a stone, God was in this place. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place and I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. See, Jacob anointed the stone that he laid his head on with oil because he recognized it, this place, as a bridge between heaven and earth. He recognized that the Spirit of God is in this place, so he anointed it with oil. So fast forward to the New Testament. The term Christ isn't Jesus' last name. Who knew that already? Don't raise your hand, smarty pants. Christ isn't Jesus' last name. It's a title. Christ means anointed one, anointed one. And even Jesus came to the earth and this anointed one, this Jesus whom we came to follow was baptized by water. Matthew 3 16 and 17 is the account, is one of the accounts of Jesus' baptism. And it says this, as soon as John the Baptist is baptizing Jesus, even though he really didn't want to, he was like, no, you, Jesus, baptize me. And he's like, no, I must be baptized. And, and so Matthew 3, 16, 17 says this, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, the anointed one went up out of the water. At, the, at that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and uh, alighting, on, alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased." I am well pleased. So why didn't Jesus have to be anointed with oil? He, he, his anointing was with water. 
Anybody? Because he was already filled with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God. Jesus is God. So why would he need to be anointed with a symbol of God? The water of earth and the Spirit of God coming together in Jesus Christ. Heaven and earth, a bridge. So fast forward even a little further to me and you. And if you call Jesus your Savior, there, there may be some in the room that, that don't, and that's, we're glad you're here. That's awesome. But if you call Jesus your Savior, you know, Jesus had a title. What's, what, what have we adopted as our, our title? Christian. Christian, right? And so where does that first part of the word come from? Christ, which means anointed one. So Jesus Christ, the Son of God, fully God and fully human, came to the earth as a bridge between heaven and earth to redeem us so that we might be anointed bridges between heaven and earth. Because we, God created us out of the dust of the earth. He filled the earth with his, the water of life. And because of what Jesus did, we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 2, 1 through 4 says this. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the house where they were sitting. Let's just pause right there for a minute. The disciples were all together in one place. And the end of Acts says, says this. Oh, my bad. It's in the end of Acts 2. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread, which we are going to do later, and to the prayer Everyone was filled with awe at the many signs and wonders performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had a need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. But backtrack to the beginning says, 
When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, and suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They're sitting in this house waiting for the gift that Jesus has promised them. Violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. This is the account of the filling of the Holy Spirit. So if you and I are Christians, we are the anointed ones of Christ. Which means we need to be bridges between heaven and earth wherever we go. So you might be thinking What does a bridge between heaven and earth look like? I read this story recently about a guy named Daryl Davis. I had never heard of him before, but literally his story jumped off the page to me. Daryl Davis is a is a a black man who is a he's a blues rhythm and blues pianist. And back in the 60s. Um, he became interested in what, why people would choose to be part of the Ku Klux Klan um, without ever being in relationship with someone who's of the other color. Now remember, Daryl Davis is a black man. So Daryl Davis started hanging around at Klan meetings. And he befriended a few Klansmen. And pretty soon, one of them, they became such good friends that they were having dinner at each other's houses, which makes no sense to me. Like, if I saw somebody in a Klan's uniform, like, I don't know what I would do. And that's just real. <laughs> But this guy, this, this, this guy who had every right to hate this other person for what they believed, for what they stood for, he invited him into his own home where his wife and kids were. They had dinner together. And as they became friends and shared life and became closer. The Klansmen eventually gave Daryl his robe and hood. And then that Klansman, I wish I could remember his name, went on and talked over 200 other Klansmen out of the Ku Klux Klan. Now your homework today is to go home and research Daryl Dixon because I believe Daryl, not Daryl Dixon, Daryl Davis, 
write his name down, Daryl Davis. Because I believe he sets a perfect example of what it looks like to be a bridge between heaven and earth. Stepping into an uncomfortable place to shine the light of heaven. That's what it means to be a bridge. Water and the living water and the spirit of God creating a bridge between heaven and earth. And sometimes they would anoint with oil the kings of Israel and and other leaders of Israel, and they, they blew it. They weren't, they weren't a bridge in any way. Thankfully, thankfully, Jesus came to the earth, the Son of God, gave his life so that not only can we be in relationship with him again, but that we can be filled with his spirit and be anointed ones of Jesus to be a bridge between heaven and earth. The Lord was in this place, and I didn't recognize it. So as we take communion today, this is the first Sunday of a new year, and I want to offer anybody who wants to zero pressure, you don't have to, in any way, shape, or form. But after you've taken your communion elements, if you would like to be um, anointed with oil to represent this year, this coming year, you would like God to use you as a bridge between heaven and earth. I have some anointing oil right here from Jerusalem. And so I would love, I would be honored for that opportunity. And so um, as we bring the lights down and Abby comes to the piano just to play softly, um, we're going to move into communion. And so here at the mission, we have three separate stations for communion. We have two up here and one in the back by the sound booth. So we take the bread, which is representative of Christ's body that was broken for us on the cross. And we take juice, which is representative of of, uh, Jesus' blood that was spilled on the cross. And we take these elements and we remember what Christ has done for us. That our every sin is washed away by the blood of Christ. And we remember that 
Jesus not only came to wash away that our, our sins, but he came to make the way back to God again for us. And we remember that if we hold the name, the title Christian, that means we are anointed ones in Christ. And so I would, uh, when after I pray, I would invite you to come take your elements back to your seat. Um, and really, I say this all the time, but just really savor the moment with God. Pray if you want to. Ask to be prayed for if you want to. Um, however you deem worthy to savor this time with God, you're welcome to do it. And then as you feel ready, if you, if you want to, again, no pressure, but I would, uh, if you want to mark this year in your life as being a bridge between heaven and earth, it would be an honor for that. So let me pray. Father God, thank you for this day. Lord, thank you that even in a verse that we have read almost mindlessly thousands and thousands of times, you can still bring wonder and new life and new revelation to it. Father, thank you for speaking this morning. Thank you for uh, gifting us with your spirit, those who have accepted Jesus. Father, as we remember your son now, we thank you for the gift that is Jesus Christ, the anointed one. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You are listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.